Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, have you ever seen uh, a hollow bone in a suit? Uh, a hollow bone in a suit. Is this like a like a Minecraft reference or something? It could be. I think they have seals in Minecraft, but this isn't a seal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Is, is it like a plug then? Are you getting back into butt stuff? <laughs> no, I'm talking about a penguin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But wait, where's the bone come in? Because it's like in a suit, right? But I get that much. But where's the bone? Oh, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Doing well. I, was this the whole like, ploy to get me to say, where's the bone? <laughs> like, we I are joined once again by super special guest, uh, co-host of the film simps and comedy legend, Jer. How's it going today, Jer? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, well, I mean, guys, I know it's it's been going for an hour now so yeah. uh yeah i don't have to ask that uh but that's going well for me <laughs> i'm super glad to have you on uh today to talk about penguins that are a hollow bone tuxedoed friends yeah my favorite animal are they hollow bone? oh yeah the birds that's right because birds don't necessarily okay it all makes sense because they but they don't Question fly answered yeah. can go home now ah uh, yes okay <laughs> so the question we're going to ask or answer here is, are penguins birds? And I think we can go some interesting places with that, but I think a more interesting place to start is, what's the Film Sims about? Uh, the Film Sims is a film review show we do on Twitch, uh, where we review movies, um, live react to trailers, and talk about the news of the day in entertainment. Yeah, yeah. it's a very great show. Uh, very high production value. Uh, me and Mater were actually on an episode. I think Mater's actually on two episodes. Uh, but me and Mater were on a recent episode uh, about Army of the Dead, I think it's called. Yep. Uh, very interesting movie. Uh, we had some good discussion there, some good comedy. So, you know, if you want to give it a try, that's a good episode to start with because, you know, we're on it. But, you know, any other episode would be great as well. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun ones lately. So, so here's Guys, the question. I got to... I gotta be honest, since we've started recording, I've gotten like 300 emails from ornithologists. They want you guys to know I'm wrong. Penguins don't have hollow bones. I lied lied to you. And by lied, I mean was just wrong. (laughs) Well, it makes sense. It happens a lot, especially with you, Meter. So, I, I understand. Penguins, loons, and puffins all have solid bones, probably to help them dive better. But yeah, yeah, that's right. Because if they had uh, hollow bones, they probably wouldn't be able to sink very well. Mm, exactly. Like yeah, I was kind of thinking about that because like birds usually have hollow bones for flight. That's the main kind of purpose behind them. Right. Now, okay. I mean, puffins and loons can fly, so. They're special like that, but you know, uh-huh. I think for the most part, uh, Pepin's right. Birds uh, have hollow bones so they can fly. Uh, also, can so they can just be delicate as shit. Uh, that is <laughs> everyone's goal in the animal mm-hmm. kingdom. 
Right, right. Wait, wait every animal's goal is to be delicate? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Why not? <laughs> the classic trope of animals, <laughs> their delicacy. Yeah. Give me one good reason why it's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have any. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> So there's this idea of what makes anything anything, right? And, and there's so many different ways to come at this. Uh, but like, what makes a penguin a bird? You could go through some categories or some categorizations. Like it has wings, it's got a beak, it's got feathers, right? But there's also got stuff to it where maybe it's different. It has not hollow bones, apparently. Uh, it can't fly. I guess there's one species that can, or maybe another. Uh, and they do this whole thing where they bring rocks someplace. That's not very bird-like. But, you know, like, there's all these different, you know, aspects to them. So what makes them a bird? Is it just this clump of category? Or is it something more unique to it? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say if they are birds because they don't fit in with other categories where, you know, uh, that share some of their interests. Like they're not fish. Uh, fish suck. They're creepy when you look at them uh, in the eye. Uh, birds or penguins, not so much. Uh, they're beautiful, like birds. Uh, so, therefore, I think that makes them birds. And Jared did go to bird school, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a big, um, like modern consideration with um, categorizing animals, at the very least, mm -hmm. is like taxonomy and genetics. Because I think that's the biggest thing to look at. Because the argument would be that penguins are birds because they share the, a very common ancestor to the bird lineage. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes them birds. And it's a similar sort of way that they can kind of classify species in the oceans or any other species. Like, uh, I think, octopi and squids. And uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think what else. But there's this kind of genus called cephalopods that kind of fit this wider categorization. Now you can have like a lot of like speciation there. So like octopi are much different than squids and octopi have a you know, pretty decent intelligence. Squids are generally pretty dumb. Uh, you can kind of go into other species such as like jellyfish. I don't think they're part of cephalopods, mm -hmm. but uh, I think they're part of like the anemone kind of uh, class or, or uh, speciation, but you can get these very wide differences, but these kind of like similarities and, you know, maybe genetics is the ultimate kind of termination there, but you can kind of apply this kind of a, uh, categorical framework to other things you know outside say things with queer genuses such as like chairs like what makes a chair a chair yeah and those questions are very difficult to answer uh what what would you say kind of is the main kind of classifier of those those kind of questions like what makes a chair a chair what has a chair different from a bench per se i that's a tough one i was gonna say for, for penguins it's you know it's definitely the genetics uh, for chairs, it's uh, I think that's an eye of the beholder thing. Um, you know, I, what's uh, I guess a chair would normally only seat one person while a bench would seat multiples would be my off the cuff definition. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hope I'm not canceled for being wrong. Uh, wow. Whenever this gets on the air. Hashtag cancel chair. Yeah, I know it's live. but. <laughs> Cancel chair for chair. Yeah. There we oh, go. No. It rhymes. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> you just got hashtag live and it rhymes. I, I, walk, I walked right to a gotcha interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's change the title of this one to Is Jer Cancelled? <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't even a thing I said on Twitter this time. <laughs> um. No, I. This all comes down to semantics, right? Yeah. Is there is there even a a right answer, or is it just some one person gets to decide, and then we argue about it for the rest of time? It's. So I don't know if it's semantical. Uh, I, I do think it is, say, cultural to some aspect. Like a good instance of that is, like uh, soup. So. If soup is cold, is it soup? Yeah. Or is cereal soup? Right. Yeah. So yes. that might be considered differently from culture. I would say obviously no. I know Meter saying yes, it is, but obviously to me, cereal is not soup. All right. Nate's trying to backdoor in a conversation that we had a long time ago called Is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay. And we know that the answer is yes because everything's a sandwich. True. Yes, and everything's a soup. I think that's uh, pretty self-evident. It's everything's either a soup or a sandwich. Those it's are the true, two. Yeah. Those are the two classifications of life. I, so, so, where are you basing that off of? Like, what's what's the identifying characteristics of, say, a sandwich? Well, you see, it used to be something between two other things that are different than the original thing, but uh, the same as each other. But then science had to go and create culinary science had to go and break the whole world by creating the open face sandwich. Right. So if I can have a piece of turkey on top of a piece of bread and call that a fucking open face sandwich, then this pen on top of this phone is an open faced phone pen sandwich. Delicious, everybody. That's my argument. See, I feel like that's a little bit of like a like a warrior type kind of mindset right there. Yeah. Like you're, you're catching it on technicality. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, I would disagree with that because I think it's taking maybe a general definition and applying too much stringency to it. Uh-huh. And have we met? <laughs> that's my whole deal. So, so I think I think that's probably the problem, and I think it's the same problem with say birds right is a penguin a bird right if you look at like any specific penguin that penguin's going to be similar to other penguins but that penguin's also going to be unique in its own sort of ways but we still take a look at say similar penguins and kind of classify them together as a general category of of, of say penguins right yeah. you can get to like a larger category of birds we could talk about like chairs like obviously what i'm sitting in is a chair uh and you can look at other chairs and they're obviously chairs but then you can kind of get to some sort of things and is that a chair like, imagine just, like, a, a box, is it, right? Is a toilet a chair? <laughs> hmm. Yes, I think so. This is the important question. Is it kind of like a square and a rectangle? Like, all toilets are chairs, but not all chairs are toilets? Uh, yeah, that works. I mean, that's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think maybe what makes a toilet not a chair is that it doesn't have a solid base to it. It, it's got a hole in the middle, right? And you could say it's like a chair, right? I guess it's something used for sitting, but it's not something that supports, I guess it does support you. 
So yeah. if I cut a hole in the chair you're sitting in right now, but you're still able to sit on it the same way, except it has a hole in the middle now, is that no longer a chair? Hmm. How big's the hole got to be before it's not a chair? You know, I found myself asking that question a lot. <laughs> I I think actually it would still be a chair because it's it's still able to support your weight and it can be used for sitting. I think the less able it is for, say, sitability is the more it's not a chair. I guess the more it's not designed for sitability either because imagine you're going through the woods and you see this like giant rock and let's say the rock's got a, like maybe not like a totally flat surface, but a flat enough surface. You can sit down on it, right? Mm -hmm. But is that rock a chair? In it's that being, moment. It's being used as a chair, but it's not a chair per se. It's, things can be many things, Nathan. They don't have to only be one thing, and they can change what they are given the moment or its current use. But I think to get back to my original point, you're kind of playing directly into my point that this is a semantical argument. Because the first thing you did was give a, your rough definition of what a chair was without saying i'm giving a definition you said well it has these characteristics mm -hmm. and i mean that was your definition of what is a chair and then does it fit my definition of what is a chair that's a semantical argument mm -hmm. is it semantical or is it uh, definitional that's the same thing uh i, I don't know because I, I think definitional arguments have some sort of real measurability to it where semantical is more of a way of arranging things that don't actually affect the underlying thing. All right, Google. Uh, <laughs> or relating to meaning or arising from distinctions between the meanings of different words or symbols. That is definitions. So what for me, semantics would be like, uh, am I going to the supermarket? Am I driving to the supermarket? Uh, you know, it, it, Am I going to meet you there or are you going to meet me there? Like, they're all kind of true. And it's just the way you're presenting the information. But the underlying information is, you know, it stays consistent. But the way presented presentation or way of arranging the information is changing. We're like, talking about the distinctions between the meanings of words. That's semantical. That's yeah. literally definitions. Like, how are we defining words? That's what we're talking about. So I think my... So the word can have any sort of application to it. So I could say chair, right? Chair yeah. is an association of this thing right here, the general characteristics of that, and the category of those things to that word. Now, whether you call it a chair, a doubly doodanger, or a, a garage doesn't quite matter, except for, say, means of communication. So to me, that's semantics, like what you call it. But associating the characteristics of the chair to that word is the definition. And maybe I'm splitting hairs here. Maybe we're getting semantical about the semantics, right? I, th I think we're talking about both things then. If we yeah. want to put a difference between those two things, I think they are, I personally think they're damn near close to the same thing, if not the same thing. But regardless, the conversation we're having is both of those things. Because you're saying what makes a penguin a penguin? Well, the definition does but and also like just physically the word like we all call it the same word yeah i, I think you could have like a definition without like a you know, like a word because you can kind of give like the the overall definition without mentioning like the categorization 
and that that would suffice. But the categorize or the word itself that kind of cements that is just more a convenience factor. Because mm-hmm. otherwise we have to give the complete description of the general category or yeah. the more the definitional sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you are you describing why why we choose to use words? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the ultimate semantic argument. <laughs> <laughs> Or the first well, one. Okay. <laughs> we've finally gotten to the bottom of it. Uh, <laughs> all of our arguments have come to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jer, how, how would you kind of weigh in on this kind of, say, the debate here? Uh, give me my choices because I am like, I, I lost track a little bit where, okay. where we were going. So, with considering what something is, what how do you determine what something is? Like, what's the methodology? All right. I would say it's the uh, characteristics, I think, are the things that I would look at. The characteristics versus what uh, the definition of what that thing is and how many of them match up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the, the actual name of a thing doesn't really matter because languages, you know. Uh, but if we can all agree that uh, a penguin has XYZ, uh, characteristics and therefore that's a penguin and it's a bird and birds have uh, ABC and penguins maybe have two out of three or something like that or like a chair versus a couch or whatever it, it, yeah as long as the characteristics are matching up within a certain threshold that I don't have to, you know probably depends on the thing I think what well, that's the best way to determine what a thing is hmm. so Nate is your problem in the specification? Like, as we get more and more specific, because, like, we're saying, you know, is this thing a chair? Well, maybe we pull it back some and we say, is it seating first? And then if we decide, okay, it falls under that category, now let's go down to the next layer of specification. Which one does it fall under? And slowly get down smaller and smaller and smaller. Is that kind of where we're going here? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think also, I think the words also have a sort of, like, extra hidden meaning to them so like with a chair like i think what defines a chair partially is that it was something that was made with the intention of sitting something that's being used as a chair didn't have that intentional Mm -hmm. intentional aspect to it so a rock in the middle of the woods that happens to be good for seating is not a chair because it wasn't intended but it can still be used for sitting therefore it can be used as a chair what What if i told you god specifically made that chair <laughs> for me to use in the woods or, yeah. uh, that rock to be used as a chair and that was capital H his intention that's a good question I'm not religious at all uh, but let's say um, I truly believe that about that rock I mean in, in that case if it's you could see it if, if that's your belief then for you it definitely be a chair I, I couldn't argue against that okay what what if it wasn't a chair, right? It was a rock. And mm-hmm. then you built your house next to it. And the only thing you've ever used it for since is as a chair. Does mm-hmm. that not become a chair at that point? I don't think so. I like To some degree, for you, yes. Uh, but I think the other people, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to sit down in the chair over here. And yeah. people would kind of give you a funny look. Because obviously that wasn't like designed to be a chair. But- That's true. But wouldn't they get it, though, like because of the circumstances of 
they look around. I have a house made of twigs. I have like all of the things that I like. I have a pattern to the way that I'm naming things. Like that's my house, and it's like a hole in a tree that was mm-hmm. naturally there. And then when I say I'm gonna sit down in the chair, and they look around, they're like, "That's gotta be the chair." Like mm-hmm. you can you can take the definition, kind of stretch it because of the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of got a side of the pepper on this one. Uh, because I feel like if you invite people over and you're like, uh, I have I have plenty of chairs for everyone to sit on, and then they show up and there's just a bunch of rocks, there will be some confusion. Like people will, will get it, will figure it out once you kind of tell them in some way. But I think they'll be like, uh, where are the chairs? You promised chairs. Uh, all I see are rocks uh, would be the normal uh, reaction. What if I put two rocks next to each other one flat and one with a back so it looks like a chair is it a chair yeah because you have designed it for the intention of sitting right there has to be designed for a chair to be a chair i'd say so yeah i think so yeah and and i don't know i think if something like had the aspects of looking like it was designed to be a chair i think that could also count too if it was like incidental like if someone wouldn't know this, you know, let's say two rocks happen to fall in a certain way, and it just looks like a like a stone throne, right? Which is a throne step of chair. So I think that would qualify for that definition too, because it there there is a level of say knowledge there, because you don't necessarily know something was designed. You just assume the design based off the way it looks to you, right? Mm-hmm. If this happened that nature just fell to that sort of way, then it's the same sort of state, right? You're always kind of guessing. So I think, yes, if it ended up in that way. I guess my argument is that there are there are two definitions to everything. There is the out-of-context definition and the in-context definition. Mm-hmm. If you take a thing, if you take a rock and put it in a blank white room and you have somebody go in, zero people are going to call that a chair. They're all going to call it a rock, right? If you have just normal-ass people. But if you put it in a very specific situation, that rock could be called a chair by people. Maybe not everybody, but by certain people or by people in a situation. And then on top of that, if I give it that definition and call it a chair and tell people, hey, go ahead and take a seat in my chair and they sit down on the rock, they will adapt and put that definition onto that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's completely acceptable because... We all are in agreement. That's what we're calling that thing, regardless of its context outside of that specific situation. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have a general level of agreement with that. But I, I think that is just kind of like the generality of language. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think we can kind of give and take, uh, maybe not all the times, because I've been corrected on many things I've said, because I'm just trying to like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I have like the general descriptors for it. So, you know, I might call something incorrectly and, you know, maybe get corrected for it. But, you know, once I learn what the actual name of it is, I'll kind of use that name. Like, uh, I don't know, like I, maybe I don't know what a vestibule is, but I'll say, you know, the place where it's kind of like the entrance to the house. It's not really a room that kind of is, you know, maybe I'll say something like that, but then I'll learn the actual word for it. Mm. So I do think there's a generality to it. And it's actually a great example of that where, uh, famous uh, physicist uh, Richard Feynman. He was actually in an anatomy class, and they were doing a dissection. And he asked the teacher, "Hey, can I see the map of the cat?" And 
they're really confused for a bit there. And eventually they're like, wait, you mean the anatomical chart? And he's like, yeah, that, sure. <laughs> now, map of the... Isn't that the point of language? Well, so I think the issue is communication, though, because if you start you know, making your own kind of wording for things, like the level of communication and thinking someone has to do to understand what you mean goes up exponentially. Because mm -hmm. right. it breaks down at some point. But I think the opposite's true, that you can think you're on the same page. You could have a whole conversation with someone, think you guys are on the same page, and end up having completely different points come across. And that, arguably, is a worse level of miscommunication because you both think that you're communicating well. At least with a cat map, you know there's something lost in translation. And then when you realize you're on the same page, you know you're on the same page versus never even possibly knowing that you had a miscommunication. I think so. I think, yeah. so. I think it's a risk, you know. The language is not uh, static in a way that everyone understands everything. It's a little bit up to definition. Uh, I think the, the key is offering enough context that what uh, you mean comes through, you know. Mm. Like, if you just had a bunch of rocks outside your house and you called them chairs that might be confusing but if you had say a bunch of rocks lined up in a row and then like a projector screen facing them and you were told me that that's like your couch or whatever i'd be like oh yeah i get it you know there's like a there's enough context for me to understand what you mean by uh, to have a seat yeah in that case it's it's kind of like the intentionality behind the thing is there but maybe not from the thing itself but the context is in yeah yeah and that's that's kind of giving it that aspect of intentionality yeah. uh, I, but I, I do th think that words are important for communicating and maybe that disconnect there is important but i also think that kind of having this mm, you you still want a little barrier right and if you're not sure what something is i think making that kind of clear in your question is important because i do that a lot myself if i don't quite know what I'm talking about. I'll kind of say something in a way that makes it clear I'm kind of uncertain, but kind of had and like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't know what I'm like, what I'm saying exactly. Right. Uh, and just a little follow up with that. And one instance where I think this happens a lot is in the legal discussions, like where people are being prosecuted, there's often two levels of conversation happening, especially with very skilled prosecutors, because there's like, say, the normal kind of conversations happening where it sounds like what you're talking about is very just like, like evidentiary or just very kind of casual. Maybe not casual is the word, but, uh, but then those words have legal context that people aren't aware of. So that's kind of the higher level. And a lot of times what will happen is people will be in depositions or talks and there's a legal meeting that's not associated or known you know, being asked the, the client and the client or, you know, whoever's being deposed and they won't be aware of those high level legal contexts. And then they get, then they held, they get held accountable for those legal definitions that they weren't aware they're agreed on. So I think that is also an, an indication of say, maybe specific meetings that aren't aware of and being held accountable to those. That, that's obviously a bad example of it, but it does play out in everyday life where sometimes you think you have that agreement in that meeting and you don't. And sometimes, you know, it's unclear whether you have that kind of connection there and, you know, kind of inspect it. Yeah, I can agree with that. So does that make a penguin a bird? Uh, I think so. Or yeah. maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I think obviously, like we said, what makes a penguin a bird is a little bit of 
it's a little bit more straightforward as opposed to, say, other topics because there's genetic aspect to it. You could disagree about the genetics of it, but you can kind of get into other stuff like fish, right? Mm. Like there is a, like a strict biological definition of fish. Uh, but I think the colloquial definition often overrides that. Like, are dolphins fish? You might no. say no. Oh, you'd say no, Jer? I would say no. Yeah, they're mammals, aren't they? Am mm-hmm. I thinking of the right thing? I think so. Yeah. So that's the biological kind of uh, definition there. And that kind of goes to genetics there. Yeah. I would be comfortable saying that dolphins are fish. Because to me, fish is more colloquially, I wouldn't say this in a biological context, but colloquially, fish are things that just kind of have fins swimming like water. All right. Uh, a, a crab wouldn't be a fish because it doesn't have fins. And it's not kind of like, I don't know, elongated shape, like kind of the shape is a big factor of it. Mm-hmm. So dolphin would be a fish for me. Um, you know, if I was writing a scientific paper, no. But if I'm just talking, you know, like, oh, yeah, dolphins are a type of fish that swim in the ocean. I think that would be fine. So you're saying context matters in the definition. I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, yeah, context matters because in the scientific context, yeah. Uh, they need very, very specific definitions that actually function, you know. And so when you say fish, there needs to be no question about what you mean by fish. And often, it, you know, the definition of fish will kind of correlate to the genetics of the thing. Mm. In an everyday kind of context, like, it doesn't really matter so much that we have a, you know, clear definitional, like, specificity to it. So we can get more general with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, if you're just talking with your friends, who cares what a fish is? If you're just going to say, like, oh, yeah, all the fish in the ocean, you don't have to specify fish and also dolphins and also whales and uh, crabs as well. Um, mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. that'll be, that'll be a weird uh, way to, a, a very admirably inclusive way to describe the ocean, but also a, a, just kind of a weird way if you're not specifically really talking about, you know, those animals. Mm. yeah yeah I, I you know i think we should continue in the next episode and let's talk about the ship of thesis because i think that's a great example here so hey next episode ship of thesis with film simps jare you're awesome definitely subscribe look at the description you should see all the links there you guys have a great day because we need to talk <laughs>